Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. And on today's show, I have with me Brett Jones of the Warrior Men Podcast. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Brett, thank you for joining us all the way from the far side of the world from us in Australia. It's great to have you on the show. Brent, thank you so much for being here. Very excited to uh, to talk to you and certainly talk to your audience as well. Thank you. Getting ready for the show, I was enjoying your website and your YouTube. You have some great videos on YouTube, by the way. I really have enjoyed watching some of those in the last couple of days to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to talk to you. Thank you. So I wish you all the success as a fellow YouTuber. You deserve a lot more viewership there, for sure. And I saw you have multiple podcasts going on. Is that correct? You have not only the Warrior Man podcast, but you have the Relationship yeah. Warriors podcast? Correct. So we, we started working with uh, men and women. And uh, we've been doing that now for uh, just on 20 years. So we have the Relationship Warrior, which is our uh, main website, and then we branched out into uh, Warrior Man. So we run a particular uh, event for men. And we just found, um, Brent, you know, a need for that in, in the current world that we're living in, in the culture that we're living in now. You know, uh, I think from what happened last century where, you know, effectively men became uh, suppressed and men became something that we're, we're not, you know, culturally things change and it leaves a gap and there's a, I think there's a basic instinct in, in men and women that we tend to now ignore um, in our culture and we, we saw that we needed to address that directly to men to help. So we're doing a lot of work with men and women. We came up with what we call a communication code between men and women. Because most of the, the problems that come up in relationships are invariably a, a problem of understanding, you know, the communication differences between men and women. You have, I've got to admit, I'm a little jealous. I was looking through your website and you have a tremendous website with incredible stuff. It looks like you do conferences and stuff too. But before we dive all the way into that, guys, let's, uh, let's put the reins on for just a second. Brett, I don't do full-blown introductions because I could read your accolades all day long but that really doesn't communicate yep. anything to anybody anymore. So will you tell my audience, who is Brett Jones and why are you here today? What are you about? Oh, oh geez, that's a, long, that's a long question. It's a bit like, uh, you know, before the podcast, I asked you, you know, why, why you started. So my journey started uh, 35 years ago after I built a $400 million company. And unfortunately, uh, that collapsed. Uh, but more unfortunately, at the same time, uh, I lost my marriage. My marriage went with it. And uh, I had four kids, and it was a very traumatic time in my life, uh, as you can imagine. And out of that, I decided that I needed to change things about myself because it was like, uh, how did I end up here? Like, I, I thought I had it all together. I had this massive company living in the best houses, uh, you know, in, in the city, uh, 4,000 acre farm to go to on weekends, private jets, you know, the whole thing. And then it was like it all disappeared. So how did I end up at this place? And I wanted this personal development journey to sort of answer that question. But as part of that, I got to see that, yes, I had created that and I needed to change things about myself because I was great in one or two areas of my life, which was uh, business and producing income and great uh, in fitness and health because I was a black belt in karate. But I realized that I wasn't great when it came to relationships and family, kids. And I, I was a good father, but I was a terrible husband in that I was totally focused on my business. So I really wanted to change that about myself. And I did. Then I met my uh, gorgeous wife, uh, Marie, after about four or five years. And uh, we decided to go on another journey. We uh, actually worked for a while and then. Uh, sold everything that we had, uh, put the money into investments, and went sailing around the world for three years. And that experience only does something to you. It changes you as a person. You know, sitting in the middle of the ocean, 3,000 nautical miles from anywhere, 
staring up at the stars is quite an experience. And in doing that, I, I got perspective on myself. I think I got perspective on life, wrote a few books, came back and wanted to make a contribution. So Marie and I started up uh, what now is Relationship Warrior. And we wanted to do that to assist other people that ended up in the same position that, that we did, which is we realized that after World War I and World War II, we had a divorce rate prior to that of about 10% in, in the States and in Australia and most Western countries. And then it leapt to like 40% after World War II. So there was a huge demographic change that happened. And when you think about it, during that period, we saw a, a level of slaughter around the world that we've never seen before in human history. And most men, Brent, were away uh, in the war dealing with the slaughter that they saw. And I think there's a great scene in uh, Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan where, you know, the, the lieutenant who was in charge of the platoon, they just fought this battle with some Germans and they're in some foxholes and he just idles himself away from his troops and just breaks down crying. And Tom Hanks plays the part and he plays it very, very well. And then he gets himself together and then comes back and you know he's back on as a lieutenant. But prior to being a lieutenant, he was a school teacher. So men had to deal with that. And they came back, and we probably call it PTSD now, but there was no such name back then. So they came back having to deal with what they'd been through. And literally, they learned to go out to kill like that. You had to shut down your emotions. There was no other way of handling it. But when they came back, they were now conditioned after three, four, five, or six years of it. Meanwhile, at home, the women had to deal with everything. They had to deal with the kids, the house, the groceries, fixing stuff around the house, uh, go into the factories, build the war machine. Someone had to do it. And they learned to deal with everything. And what we've seen now over 20 years of doing this work is that we, we have got locked into those modes. The baby boom generation modeled that behavior, which is what we do as young kids. And then they became it. They started living like that. So men have learned over now two generations to close off. We call it um, putting on a chest plate. And women find it extremely frustrating because women's brains are all designed to read emotion. Uh, so when a man has a conversation, we're talking about fact, and she's looking to get emotional content from that conversation. But if we're in that mode and we're shut down, We've got a chest plate on. They can't read that emotion. So they find it very, very frustrating. And what it does is it places the emotional burden back on her. So most men don't know how to break out of that mode to get to be fully alive, to get to be the full expression of what we're capable of as a man um, in this world. And that's why I say that, you know, most men now are suppressed. We're living a life at a level of 50 or 60% of what we're capable of doing, Brett. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm over it. Uh, so we've written, uh, I've written a book um, called uh, Warrior Man Crucible. It's part of the, the event that we run where we help men break out of that mode into their full potential as a man. So we, we know from science um, that when we break out of that mode, our testosterone levels go up by 40%. That's a lot. Like it's huge. It's that, massive. That's big. And that has an immediate effect on uh, if we're feeling down or flat or depressed, that has an immediate effect on that. Immediate. Equally, we know from science that if you're inter inter in your in an intimate relationship uh, with a guy and he knows how to do this, then her oxytocin levels, which is the connector hormone, go up by 30%. And we can like take a blood sample and, and scientifically measure this. So that has an immediate impact on communication. Suddenly he's very present, he's very there, and she can feel that more importantly. And people tend to ignore this stuff, and I'm a bit of a geek, so I like the scientific background stuff to, you know, why things work and why things happen. And like some of the university <laughs> tests they do, I don't know how they get these dudes to do this stuff, but anyway, they got uh, a bunch of women. And I know this sounds a bit weird, 
but they got them to smell men's T-shirts. I read that study. All right? Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay, cool. And um, they picked the T-shirt they liked the best, they were attracted to the best. And then they matched up that T-shirt, and what they found is women picked the T-shirt that most closely aligned with their father's DNA. So it's not just behavioral. It's like it's also there's pheromones. There's other stuff going on here that we tend to ignore when it comes to communication between men and women. You know, John Gottman out of Seattle did some great research, 3,500 couples, and isolated a couple of these things that I'm talking about as the predictor uh, of a divorce. And when we recognize what men and women actually need, and we, we're the same, right? We're equal. Like my wife can do whatever I can do now, but we're very different. Men and women are very, very different in terms of what we need uh, in terms of communication. You know, men, we love to have our wives back us up and go, great job, really appreciate you doing that. That's something that men just really, really enjoy. Women are like, I don't get it. But equally, you know, women need focus. They need attention. And when we know how to deliver that in the right way, they feel full. They feel filled up. And those basic differences between us, if we ignore that in communication, you're on the road to divorce. And I'm, I'm saddened, like literally, I mean it. I'm really saddened that I see so many couples um, using divorce as a tool to solve the problem of a lack of communication. Well, we, we've made it easy. Used to divorce was yeah. divorce had a stigma about it, right? It was it was looked down on. It was kind of taboo. It's become so commonplace, acceptable. Um, that was one of the things I I was looking for with when my wife and I were first together. Was we both had foundations of divorce wasn't an option. Right. That's yep. we went into the marriage with divorce is not an option. That's not something either of us believe in or agree with. We can work through it. But that's not yep. the general attitude now because we've taken off the stigma and now it's like, oh, well, I'll just get a divorce if it's not good. Like it's, yeah, like, exactly. I'll, I'll change my shoes. I, I think it's, you know. Yeah, it, it has. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sarah just said it has to be taken off the table as an option because. This is the only generation, this is the first generation, in fact, where we're now staying together for the quality of the relationship. And as men, women want us to lead. That doesn't mean control them. That doesn't mean tell them what to do. What it means is emotionally to take on the responsibility. So if you, you saw our work, you know, we talk about the concept of a kingdom. Mm, yep. So six main areas. Uh, treasury, looking after income production, but also uh, investment into assets. So assets grow, produce more income. Those two areas are really important to keep the kingdom, and the kingdom is our lives together, safe. Um, treasury is really important. Dojo, fitness and health. You need to be fit and you need to be healthy to be able to look after the kingdom, your family. We need um, our, our mindset to be great. Thank you. We need our mindset to be great in the temple, which is the area of our beliefs and our spirituality. How do you make sense of the world? Why are you here? As a man, what do you stand for? You know, we call it the core four, integrity, loyalty, bravery, and honor. Where are those concepts gone? Why do we, as men, we not use those concepts anymore? Integrity means the ability to do what we need to do when we need to do it, whether we feel like it or not. And most men lack integrity now. We don't know how to get into that place. There is an animal inside every man, and we know we've got it, and we know we can bring it out. But that animal is now politically incorrect. And it should be if we're using it as per your T-shirt, if we're using it in a toxic way, absolutely. But the thing is we can use that animal in a God-given way as power, as men to lead and when we know how to do that in the area of what we call the temple we're leading our families and we need now we need men to lead we need to be leading in our families then you've got the area of uh, what i call the heirs which is our kids what what legacy are we passing on what values 
Uh, do we want our kids to adopt? If you want them to adopt them, as we all well know with kids, you can't tell kids what to do. <laughs> but if we show them what to do, they will model that from us. If we want them to have integrity, we need to be displaying integrity. And they will model that from us. The area of the boudoir or the bedroom, what's going on in there? You know, so I, I meet so many men now and they're just not interested in making love to the wife. That's really sad because, it, again, it's like a God-given area of our life that can light us up. And, again, men and women are very different here. So, men, we need to make love to feel connected to our wife, to our partner. Women need to feel connected first before they want to make love. And I'm not talking about having sex. That's extreme. That's a different um, mode to be in. But if you truly want to make love with our partner, we need to address those things. So, you know, women like to be chased. As men now, it's almost like men can't be bothered. I'll just go to the porn. It's just easier. Well, men are afraid to chase women anymore. Even in even in totally, a man. healthy relationship with the climate change as far as not the planet, but as far as like mm. in society, right? The Me Too movement. Men being arrested and going to jail who – they're later exonerated. Um, and I'm, I would never defend bad men who do bad things. All right? I, I have a, yeah, absolutely. no tolerance for those people. I don't consider them men. But good men are afraid to pursue. Good men are afraid to let out our masculine nature because it's looked down on, it's shamed. And, and now even, even your spouse can turn around and be like, well, he forced himself on me. Wait, what? <laughs> Time out. Look, There's a marriage here. Absolutely. Absolutely. In that area, sometimes women will simply do it to shut him up. But there's a difference between, as you say, being in what I would call um, you know, the prince state compared to a king state. So if you're in prince, you'll chase her. And then she doesn't want to make love. Then he'll go into this sulky, silent, shitty mood, which is not masculine at all. It's just being a freaking prince and expecting that she's going to produce it when you want it. No, man, that's part of the chase. That's that's part of the pursuit. That's where you've got to like man up and you, you, you gently keep pursuing her until she's ready. And that that is part of being married. That's part of a long-term relationship, knowing how to do that <clears throat> and being able to bring that animal, that will, uh, that masculinity inside ourselves to be like, yeah, sure. She doesn't want it right now, but she will. And and then, you know, just keep on going um, in a nice, gentle, playful way with her, which she, she'll love, knowing those skills that I never had 35 years ago, because I was certainly that toxic man. I was just totally devoted, and most men are now. So because we don't have these skills anymore when it comes to these other areas of the kingdom, and what I learned, Brent, was, if I fail when it comes to treasury, that's going to affect my relationship. If I'm not handling the kids well, that's going to affect my relationship. And if I'm not handling myself well, if I can't move out of depression, that's going to affect the whole kingdom as well. So as a man now, our game is completely different to your father's or my grandfather's game. He could pretty much just focus on production, on work and income. That is not the game now in 2021. You have to handle it all. You have to handle it all. And you have to be able to lead in your family because that's what's expected. And if you can't, that's why we've now got a 60% divorce rate. Well, we've moved. Both in, in the U.S. and here. Once you take into account the de facto um, statistics and add them to you know the people that are actually married, we're, we're up at 60%. So we do events here in Australia, but we also have been doing, we're doing them pre-COVID um, in LA and in Miami. And the dynamics are exactly the same. doesn't matter US culture or our culture. It, it's pretty much the same deal, man. Actually, I was looking at your website, finding myself going, well, you know, I've always been charmed by what I knew about Australia, but it's like, I was looking at some of your seminars, like, man, I'm in the wrong country right now. <laughs> I, I was on, I, okay, full, full disclosure. I was, I was reading about your uh, event. Let's see. I actually have, uh, 
I see an overlay here. Yeah. I was we reading about your Warrior Man five-day crucible. Is this right? You seen this? Yeah. I was reading about that, and I yeah. thought, oh, I want to go to Australia and do that now. Yeah, awesome, man. Love to have you over here. We've had a few dudes come over and, and, and do our event. So, you know, that particular one, we cover physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, and mental for men, you know, focused on men to really get our shit together um, as men to be able to lead in our families, to be able to lead in our community, to be able to lead spiritually, morally. We just have to do that now. There is, there is no other option. The only option uh, that is available to men when we don't have these skills seems to be quit. So we either end up getting a divorce or we just quit in the relationship. And, you know, quitting is just as bad. That That's not living. That's slowly dying. You might still be in the relationship with her, but you're not present. You're not really there. And if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about, man. You know you're not present. You know you're not living up to your full potential. You know there's a lot more in you. But through the culture, through events, things that have happened to us, and through role models that we've had, we, we live this half-baked life as men. And I, that was me. You know, I was living that. Yeah, I was great in terms of producing money, but in the airs, in, in the other areas, even in the bedroom, um, you know, I was cheating on my wife. Like, what the hell was I thinking, man? You know, doing stuff like that is where men end up when we don't have big goals, when we don't have any guidance. And in the temple, when we don't have any moral guidance to show us. Whether you're a religious man or not, you know, certainly I, I am, but whether you are or not, you have to have some guidance. You have to have some morals. You have to have some values to guide you. You need a code to live by. What I've learned, Brent, is that when men have codes, when we have a strong code, when we stand for something, that's, that's when we become a man. Because if we don't stand for something, you fall for anything. You see that a lot with right different organizations. Uh, that's why I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but right, we have the Masonic Temple or the whatever that is. Um, mm -hmm. Even it's, it's funny. So I grew up in a lot of areas with gangs, and I would see that with gangs. And I'm a motorcyclist, so yep. I see that with biker yep. clubs. I see that with gangs. Uh, you see it with yeah. soldiers. There's that. I have an identity. I'm I'm here. I stand for something. I know what my code is. I know what my ethics are. I know what my role is. And men thrive in that. And then no, we totally, take man. that all totally away. Totally agree. Right? I, I'm a desk jockey most of the time. So I, wor I work in the computer industry. And mm -hmm. it is empty and unfulfilling. Um, it's part of the reason yeah. I do this. It's part of the reason I started doing events like uh, – I don't know if you've seen the mud races, like the Spartan races and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was already a yeah. gym rat. I started doing those because sitting behind a desk was just killing my soul, right? It's not yeah. fulfilling to the nature of a man to just sit there and stare at a screen all the time. It leaves a hole. No, we, we need that physicality, right? So, you know, for all my life, I've done martial arts. And, you know, I used to say to people, like, I enjoy getting hit. And they're like... Dude, what the hell? You enjoy getting hit. Makes you feel alive. And and it's Yeah, like, you know, getting in there, getting that physicality with that, copping a punch in the head and being able to take it and get back up again or a kick to the head or whatever. Mm -hmm. Get back up again. That women don't get that, you know? But for uh, for us men, that that fires up our testosterone. And now as a man, when that happens, I can feel it, but now I can also generate it at will. I don't need that physicality. I can bring that feeling in my body. And when I do, my wife can sense that. She can feel that. And one of the dynamics is that when we're like that, when we can bring that, she immediately feels safe. So women are wired to security and safety of millions of years of evolution. And you can't just wipe that out in a couple of generations. They need that. And I've talked to thousands of women in the US and here. And when you talk to them like this in this language, they go, yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, when when he's like that, I do feel safe and I want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. They feel safe in our physical presence. But not if we're in print state, not if we're if we don't know how to get in that place, not if you've been through bullying or sexual abuse as a man or and 
sometimes that can come from the people that it shouldn't come from. Sometimes that can come from our father or someone in our family where we're, we're copying that abuse or it may not even be physical. It could just be verbal and we're getting beaten down. And as a, as a cultural phenomenon now, men, as you said before, are beaten down. And there is a line there, as you said, toxic masculinity is toxic. That's not a man. That's a weak man. To me, it's not even masculinity at that point. Yeah, correct, right? You know, I'd, I'd even call it like being in a feminine state mm -hmm. as a man. And men and women can be in different states. And a different state gives us a different result in any area of our life. If I'm going to make an investment or I'm doing something in, in the income area, I need to be in a particular state. I need a particular state when I'm doing podcasts or when I'm talking. And that state produces a result. Equally in communication between men and women, masculine and feminine state, a weak state in a man in communication uh, makes a woman feel empty and unsafe. She'll then either shut down herself or she'll ramp up her aggression, step into the masculine to have that conversation, and he'll feel like he's being friggin' hammered by her. And men know uh, what that feels like. We all know what that feels like when she's hammering it. Equally, women know what it feels like to be in that masculine state and what they experience is having to step up and handle that and be responsible um, emotionally in the family for carrying everybody and um, and looking after everything. They feel exhausted. They're tired and they've had enough. And that's because, man, we've left a void. It's It's funny because, you know, part of that void is Everybody keeps demonizing masculinity and pushing us away from masculinity, but yeah, that is the void that we've created. You know, women women have mislabeled toxic masculinity to represent actual masculinity, but you can't judge an yeah. entire species by the worst, right? We can't say, "Oh, that cow is sick, so all cows are bad." We, likewise, yeah. we can't say that man did bad things, so all men are bad. That's in, in any other no. situation. Everybody could see how ridiculous that idea is. Absolutely. Sometimes, Brent, you have to go to war. And I learned this out of um, an ancient document in the Hindu religion called the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, ages, by the way, to uh, learn how to say that properly. And it's a story of this um, prince and his uncle has stolen his kingdom. He was um, meant to be the caretaker until Arjuna came of age. And his uncle, he, he comes of age, his uncle says to him, sorry. Dude, I'm keeping the kingdom now, and uh, when I pass, I'm going to pass it to my children. And uh, Arjuna, of course, is incensed that this raises an army. He's on the battlefield, 10,000 troops behind him. His uncle's not a just king. His uncle's actually quite cruel and mean. And he's got, his uncle's got less troops. But he's standing there in his chariot uh, on the battlefields in India. Uh, about No one knows when the Bhagavad Gita was written in, you know, 10,000 plus years ago. and he looks at it and he goes to his general, I can't kill my uncle. And his general's like, what do you mean you can't kill your uncle? I can't kill my uncle and my cousins. I'm not going to war. He said, we've got 10,000 troops here. So the general's freaking out and he sends one of his troops to go and get this wise sage called Krishna to come and talk to him. And Krishna speaks to him about uh, many things. And the whole uh, story of the Bhagavad Gita is pretty much the conversation between Arjuna and Krishna standing in the chariot on this battlefield. And he starts off by explaining that his uncle is going to die. And he says to him, by your hand or not, your uncle will pass away. The question you have to ask is, are you doing the right thing? And I think that's a brilliant roadmap for men. Are you doing the right thing? There are times, I often ask in our events, you know, is killing right or wrong? And people, you know, most of the time go, well, it's wrong. And I say, well, if I gave you a million dollars, would you kill somebody? And they go, no. And they go, $10 million. And now normally, you know, there's some dude in the audience puts his hand up for $10 million. Yeah, yeah, I'll top somebody for 10 Okay, what about 100 And then I get a few more hands. A billion dollars. Think of all the good you could do with a billion dollars. And then I get a few of the, you know, the heartfelt people that go, well, actually, yeah, I could do a lot of good with, you know, a billion dollars. So they put their hands up too. And I normally end up with maybe about 50, 60% of the audience by this stage. And I say, okay, so, now, 
if I'm standing there with a gun to your child's head, and if you don't kill me, I'm going to kill your child. Is killing right or wrong? And I get the majority of the people with their hand up for that, right? So it depends on the context in which we're talking. What is right action? We have a code in relationship warrior and a warrior man crucible. Uh, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Beyond, beyond thought and emotion, whether you feel like it or not, you have to do the right thing. Tell the truth. It's the second part of the code. Because so often we lie to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a great husband. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm doing the right thing. No, man, you're living at 50 or 60% of your capacity. And part of the problem now is, Brent, that as men, we have a, a, a reduced capacity to handle everything. Like I said before, that whole kingdom, we have to handle it all as men. And most of us feel like we can't. We can't go out to work, deal with all the stuff there, be in a job that's unfulfilling, come home and be there and be present for our wife, for our kids, for the dog, look after our finances, look after the assets, be fit and healthy, deal with it all. And if we can't, if our capacity is not enough, we need to increase that capacity to be able to deal with everything. Today's episode brought to you by thefallibleman.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at thefallibleman or at fallibleman on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our attitude swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. I can already hear the comments and the arguments to this whole whole spill is well, yep. that you're 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 just unreasonable at that point. How do I there's only right there's only 24 hours in a day, right? There we're going to have yeah. so many guys going, yeah. well, they're they're just there there is a capacity cap. There's only one you, there's only so many hours. So when you're talking about this with your conferences or with your guys that you're working with, how do you teach men to yep. increase their capacity? Capacity, yeah. So one of our trainers is um, SAS, which is like the yes, Navy sir. SEALs. Familiar. Okay. Yep. So we, uh, you know, he fought in Afghanistan. Um, he he did his service, and he came back from living inside a code came back to normal day-to-day life as, as most of our veterans do mm-hmm. and they get lost man they just get lost it's like where did all that honor go where did all that integrity go what happened where did my code go and how we increase a man's capacity is what we call the crucible so a crucible is where you take a piece of iron and you put it into a forge and you heat it up and you put it under pressure Bang, 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 bang. You put it under pressure. And then you fold the iron and you put it back in the forge and you put it under pressure again. Bang, 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 bang. You know, the strongest, one of the strongest swords in the world is a Japanese sword, the samurai sword. And you only get that strength by folding it over and over and over and back in the forge again and again and again. And it becomes so strong, it literally can slice a man in half. That's how strong it becomes. So when we can forge that strength inside of us using what I call the animal, the portion of us that is that strong, resilient masculinity, we find that we can cope with so much more. She uses 28,000 words per day. She has five languages, five areas of her brain, five language centers that light up on a brain scan when she's talking or communicating or listening. We've got one. We use, on average, 7,000 words, so a quarter of the words per day. Just in that area, man, we've got to reduce capacity to be able to listen to her and take in all that. That's where women are talking to us, and they can see us glazing over as they're talking to us. We go into that um, nothing box place that I talk about, right, where we're just tuned out. We might be here, but we're not totally present. And 
increasing our capacity to be present, to take on those words. Because, again, scientifically, we know that a woman de-stresses by talking. Men, we're the opposite. We de-stress by not talking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, oh yeah, man! You, you, I, we I both know, guy, right? right? We know what that's like to get in that place. I, I come home and uh, when I actually get a break, like to put my feet up and enjoy a cigar and just sit and quietly enjoy my cigar, a little me time. That's it, right? Exactly, right. But what the mistake that men make is we now want to come home, put our feet up before we've dealt with the rest of the chaos. And what we have to learn to do is have the capacity to come home from work, be in that place where we're like, okay, let's deal with the kids. Let's get dinner done. Let's get them bath. Let's get them into bed. Let's read to them. Let's talk to my wife for an hour. Let her de-stress on me. And now I've done all that. Now I've got me time. Then there's me time. And the, the truth is we can we can handle it all. We can create that different format of how we deal with our day. And we can find that place to find out. You know, we love our toys, man. We love our toys, whether that's the bikes or the cars or the boats or the jet skis or whatever it is, right? We love our shit. There's nothing wrong with that. But how do you fit it in? Well, you can't take that stuff first. You've got to fill the family up first. Do that and you'll find your life goes so much smoother. I have this concept of flow. And that's really when you're in alignment with one or two forces in this universe. Regardless of your religious beliefs, there are clearly two forces. One force makes things grow and expand and join together. Another force does exactly the opposite. It breaks things up and it's the force of destruction. Mm -hmm. Call it what you like. And by our day-to-day actions, by our day-to-day choices, we're in alignment with one of those two forces. If you're trying as a man to not fulfill your capacity, you're going to be in alignment with that force of destruction. Because ultimately, you may not see it now. We have this saying, again, in Relationship Warrior, a short-term pain, long-term gain. Short-term pleasure, long-term pain. What that means is, yeah, don't take care of your finances, man. Don't worry about you know balancing your, your budget or even having a friggin' budget. Don't worry about looking at your credit card. Well, that's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Don't worry about what you eat or whether you work out. Your body will cope for 10, 20, maybe 30 years, but that will come back to bite you when you ask. Don't provide time. Don't provide capacity to talk to your wife. Don't do what I've just suggested in terms of organizing your day. Don't do any of that, but that will come back to bite you in the ass. Might be in seven years, might be 14, might be 21, but at some stage, she's going to have enough. And she's going to be done, man. And what I've learned is, Brent, when women are done, yeah, they're done. And I've seen men go, what the hell? WTF, what, what, what's she leaving for, man? I didn't think it was that bad. Man, she's been dropping hints for years. And he's like, I didn't get the hints, man. I didn't get the memo. What the hell happened? And... It's because, you know, women are indirect in their communication. Women think they're direct, but they're actually not. Not not mm-hmm. from a man's point of view. You're like, from a man's point of view, you'd be like, if you don't lift your game, I'm divorcing you. Whereas she'll go, you know, you can do more with the kids. You can help me more around the house. And she thinks she's being direct. And he's like, and he's, he's head, his head is going, well, I do help around the house. And women use universals. Um, they use like, you never. When something happens, when something goes wrong, women go, you never. And in his brain, he's going, well, that's not true. Because men are out right. facts, right? No, that's not true. I, I, I do do that sometimes. Yeah. And then they start arguing about the fact that he never does this or no, I do do it sometimes. And then what she hears is he's denying what's happened now. So this miscommunication stuff, that we don't get, that I had no clue about, I now have mastered. So when my wife comes to me and goes, you know, something goes wrong and I don't do something, she goes, you never. And I go, yep, okay, I understand what she's saying. She means this incident now, not you never. And we don't argue about that. We just talk about the particular event that's just happened and how can I fix that for her. 
you're saying a lot of our problems come with the way we communicate is because we don't understand the way each other thinks, right? I mean, that's why we have all these men are from Mars, men are from Venus kind of books and stuff like that. My favorite one, have you ever heard of men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti? It's, it's a <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one. book on a woman wrote on the difference in the way men and women think. And she compared men to compartmentalizing yep. everything like the squares and waffles. Whereas we are like uh, the computer tapes, right? You see the movies where it grabs the one and pulls it. I actually work with those. So I, I see them all the time. And women have a thought and it's like Got a plate it. full of noodles. And it touches every thought and emotion in the pile before it gets out. And totally, it's I've totally. so many men I've talked to. You can, you can hear it. You can hear it in the yeah. So many men I've talked to don't get it. Right. So you and they I don't you, understand the way a woman thinks compared to the way they think. And so we're addressing this, yep. and she's over here already. Absolutely, absolutely. You can hear my wife's conversation. So to come back to your point about mm-hmm. capacity, uh, you know, how do we forge it? Well, we put men through what we call a crucible. We put them through mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual um, methods that forge that capacity, that bring us back to a core that we have inside of ourselves, where we stand for something. And out of standing for something, out of having that core, of having a code, literally it increases our capacity to deal with things. We see men who go, no, you know, I, I can't do that, and, and they'll quit. When we forge the capacity, they don't quit. They're like, no, I've got more in me. I can do more. I thought I needed to have a break right now. I need my me time. Well, no, let me do this, and then I'll have my me time. Uh, you know, I don't have the skills to, to learn how to handle uh, my income production or to invest. So I, I've never bought a shopping center in the United States before. I just bought one uh, about a month ago in Jacksonville. In Florida. So that's my first investment in the US. So how did I do that? I've never done it before. I increased my capacity. I changed the way I think. I changed my state. I learnt. I gained information and knowledge to enable me to do that. I had no mental barriers about being able to do that. I removed them. And that's what we have to do. So a large part of increasing a man's capacity is to take away what we call conditioning, Brent, which is coming from culture, coming from events that have happened to us, uh, coming from uh, role models that we've had. And when we can isolate out of those three areas what works for us and what doesn't work for us, then we want to take away what doesn't work for us. We want to keep what is working for us but take away what doesn't work for us. But we have to see the truth of the picture in front of us of this is where the code comes in, right? Tell the friggin' truth to yourself. I'm, I'm frightened of taking my own investment. I'm going to use my 401k. That's an easy way out, man. Like most 401ks are not going to give you enough to retire on. That's the truth, both in uh, the US and Australia. Most people are going to retire without enough money to retire on simply because they go, I'm going to, I'm not certain in myself, so I'm going to hand it to some other dude to look after. If he was any good at what he was doing, he wouldn't be looking after your 401k. He'd be investing his own money. That's the truth about the system. I'm going to leave education up to my kids. Uh, No, dude, that education system is screwed. That education system doesn't work. Most CEOs of the largest companies in America did not complete college, did not complete university. That's the truth about the systems that we live in. So we as men have to take responsibility for our own kingdoms and look after them and create what we need to create for our families. And it's only going to be mental, physical, uh, emotional, spiritual blocks that are going to stop us from doing that in terms of capacity. To do it, so that's how I got myself to uh, invest in the U.S. I've got investments here in Australia. That's the first time I've ever done one in the U.S., and I'm going to go on and I'm going to buy more because it's the environment there right now is better to invest in than the environment here in Australia. But I wouldn't be able to do that, Brent, if I hadn't increased my capacity. You, you talked about four hundred one ks. 
out of all of 2020, that was the worst and roughest shock for me was finding out I had the dawning realization in January 2020, how little I knew about finances Mm -hmm. and money and my 401k and what that actually meant on any possibility of ever retiring. And so that became a personal, I, I spent most of 2020 and a great deal of 2021 educating myself about mm-hmm. fin- my own financial situation because it's like, awesome. I know nothing yeah, about money. And that's, I was horrified when I started looking into how much I, the more I learned, the more I realized I hadn't known. And it's like, man, I'm 40 years old. This is really kind of late on this information. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. They don't teach it in school. There's no class to invest in real estate or the stock market in school. So, so how do we learn these skills? The only place we can learn the skills is take that responsibility on ourselves, like you, to go and learn those. But if I'm a man and I believe I've got this limited capacity because that's what the culture has taught me, that's what the conditioning has shown me, I can't do it. I can't go and do it. And the truth is the strategies on how to do it are actually really simple. I say that to accomplish anything in life, 20% is the strategies. 80% 80% is the state from which we're coming from. So people said to me, you can't sail around the world. You, you've, you've never sailed anywhere before. So I got a yacht. I went out on uh, the river here in Perth called the Swan River and a little dinghy, and I learned how to sail, which way the wind needs to go and where I need to be in the yacht and all that sort of stuff. Then I bought a 28-footer and went out onto the ocean and learned to sail that. And then I bought a 43-footer and sailed it around the waters uh, off the coast here. And people said, you're crazy, man. You, you need to go around Australia first or something. You can't just sail across an ocean. And I said, well, I can, and I'm going to. And I read every book, and I spoke to every person I could find that had ever gone sailing, watched videos, <clears throat> learn how to do it. And there is actually no difference between sailing between here and there's an island off the coast here, uh, about 15 miles off, Sailing out there and sailing back again, there's no difference between that and sailing um, 1,500 nautical miles out to the Cocos Islands in the middle of the Indian Ocean. There is no difference. There's just mental difference between the two things. So we can learn to change our capacity, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, to enable us to do whatever we need to do as a man to look after our kingdom. That's that's what that divine force, whether you call it God or not, whatever you want to call it, that's what that divine force wants for us, to expand, to become more. That's I what want to come back it. to the kingdom comment in a minute. Because I saw uh, some pictures from one of your, I think it had to be a conference, and everybody was wearing king and queen shirts, and mm-hmm. I want to come back to that. But before we get there, yeah. let me let me ask yeah. you, okay? I always, I always ask, this question or some form of this question. We have all these men out there, right? And most people stop before they ever start. So if a man wants to start getting yeah. his head right and start getting his life right, what are the first three steps he needs to take? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first thing is uh, tell yourself the truth. Sit down and do an audit on your life. So use that diagram off our website of the kingdom and each of those different areas, including one area that I hadn't spoken about, which is the armory, which is what are the tools you've got? Where did you get your tools? Are the tools in your armory building your kingdom or is it actually are those tools tearing down your kingdom, man? And and rate yourself in each of those areas in the bedroom out of 10. Be brutally honest with yourself. Where are you? Where are you at in the temple, in yourself, as a man, in the way you're thinking, feeling inside yourself? Be brutally honest. Where are you at with your kids? What's your connection with your kids? Are you just some ghostly figure that wanders in and out of the house and is just a producer? You turn up you know, occasionally at a footy game, a football game, or their sport. Are you actually leading them? Be brutally honest. So step number one is do an audit on your life out of 10 in each of those kingdom areas. Treasury, handling your finances, where is it at? 
Is it just a six or a seven? Well, why isn't it a 10? Why don't you have assets that produce income for you? You're going to have excuses, not reasons. You're going to have excuses. You, no matter what your education background, can learn these skills because I've taught them to people all over the world from all sorts of backgrounds. Anyone can learn those skills. So step number one, do the order on your life. Step number two, realize now what you need. Start researching where you can find those resources uh, to fill in the information that you require. If you need to take off your chest plate as a man and become more emotionally transparent, more connected to your emotions, more open, there are many, many resources now to enable you to do that. Go and find those resources. And step number three, be prepared to spend time, energy, money on doing that and commit to it. Allocate part of your treasury to doing those things. When Marie and I met, we met doing a personal development course. And every single year we have spent money uh, on educating and improving ourselves. That's why we have a 27-year relationship that's on fire, on fire in every area. Not not just together, but like really connected together on the same path, going on a journey together through life. Okay. Now, I I love the concept that you've built and part of the model, but I I hear you use the word kingdom a lot, right? And I mean, Mm -hmm. is that specifically because of the illustration that you can create with it? Or, you know, explain that kingdom mindset uh, like I said, I, I've seen the shirts from your mm. conferences with the guy wearing the king shirt and the woman wearing the king queen shirt and talking about what they learn, is, uh, yeah. which is very cool, by the way. It's a, it's a nice theme set up to have for that. Thank you. But Thank you. Explain your kingdom mindset. So the kingdom, the, the kingdom concept, Brent, came out of me realizing that I'd been a two-dimensional man, excellent in creating a large company, fit and healthy, but in the other areas of my life became blaring obvious I didn't have the skills necessary, even though I thought I had it all together. I had fame, fortune, everything people think they want, but like most people who have been to that place, you find you get there, and it's not everything you want. It's not fulfilling in life. There is a spiritual component to us, a meaning component, a connection component to us that is essential. So that's where the kingdom concept came from. And I saw, then as I started assisting people, I saw that, yes, we could help them in, in this particular area with, with wealth, but we hadn't dealt with the spiritual aspects. And hence, they were still bereft. They were still empty inside, even though they created this money. And their relationship wasn't great, so we needed to work in that area. Or their fitness and health wasn't great, and that was affecting their capacity uh, to communicate, to be there for the kids, to look after the money. And we gradually got to see that you have to have all these areas and there are certain skills you need in each what we call territory of the kingdom. And you need a full armory where we're using these tools to build our lives together. So the kingdom is really my life with my wife. That's what the kingdom is. And you have to have skills in each and every uh, territory to be able to build a kingdom. Plus, the armory can be used to tear down the kingdom or build the kingdom. And then we go on and we use things like the concept of the keep. The keep is the area of the, the uh, castle where you keep the most precious things. Are you filling the keep up with experiences, with the small stuff that women like, like taking out the rubbish? I don't know what it is about women and taking out rubbish, but, man, they really seem to like it for some reason. Filling the key part with small stuff, women score things very differently to men. All that stuff adds up to goodwill or connection with her. For us guys, not so important. But a thank you, appreciation for what we do, that fills up the keep for us. So if we're constantly depositing stuff into the keep and filling that up, when we do have an argument and we know how to use uh, the communication code correctly, we can turn an argument into a conversation within five minutes. We literally have a formula between men and women. And like you said, if you've seen our stuff, 
um, there's a picture there of us working, you know, with a couple and every event that we do, uh, on the relationship warrior side of things, at least, we bring a couple up and they volunteer and we get them to have an argument or well, a conversation that it always turns into <laughs> an argument pretty quickly about what's not going on right inside the kingdom. And she starts off and normally he starts to interject. No, shut your mouth, man. And listen. Just listen. Let her de-stress. Let her get it all out. Then respond. But then respond in a certain way. And when we do that, literally, we can change our relationships to one of pure connection. And then when we're not fighting each other, we're fighting for each other, Brent. Huge Big difference. difference. What is next for Brett Jones? More impact. I'd like to see this format become more widely known. I'd like to see the solution that we've come up with on how to really connect men and women, how to save marriages. Our goal is a million I marriages. I saw that on your saved. website. That is an amazing goal. Thank you. Thank you. We're in the first 100,000. We'd certainly like to get above that number. So I'd like to see more impact because I, I think just from experience through guidance, through you know connection, we've been given an insight into how to help people. Like we had one couple come from Sydney, fly over, you know, fly across the country. So mm -hmm. it's quite a commitment, right? You know, fly across the country, get a hotel, come to the event, leave your kids behind, get babysitters organized for them. Like, you know, it, it's a major time energy commitment to come over. And they they were separated for two years. Um, he was depressed, um, not working, giving up his business. Uh, he's now got his business going again. He's moving back in uh, with her. They're reestablishing their family. They've got their connection uh, together again. Just seeing something like that happen from a couple that were just hanging in there by a bare thread, as they said to us, like, this, this is the last go. If this doesn't work, we're done. And just seeing something like that transform and change around, we, we know that's possible when people are, are committed. That's so there that, are some people who would say uh, 100,000 is it's a significant number, but uh, I, I like that you set the goal so, so high. And 100,000, yeah, yeah. just I'm, on, on behalf of men, thank you for putting in the effort to help men better their marriages. That's amazing. Well, well thank you for helping us um, you know, reach that, that goal as well, for being a platform and, and being out there as a man. Uh, looking to make a difference uh, i think that the more of us as men that stand up now and and say okay we we get that things are not okay we get that things aren't where they should be but there's a solution here you know we we can't deny the animal in us the animal's there if you suppress it it's going to come out too many men brent are now addicted to shit they don't need to be addicted to either alcohol or porn or drugs or strippers or prostitutes or whatever and that animal comes out in that way when it's not controlled and directed as a protector. So is your website the best way to connect with you? Website's the best way to connect with us. We do a lot of advertising uh, on Facebook and social media around our events. But uh, by all means, if you're listening to this and this is resonating with you and you want to talk more about it, um, I'm here. I'm open to talk to you, dude. I'm here for you, man. All you got to do is make that decision pick up the phone uh and and we can talk you guys got to check out their youtube page as well they uh they put out some great stuff on their youtube i i was just enjoying your kitchen shorts with you and your wife just, just short <laughs> to the point really digestible videos uh from a couple's perspective it's just they're so entertaining i i spreed through like several of them just today actually thanks man Appreciate it. You've got Facebook, you've got YouTube, you've got your website. Guys, if, if this is resonating with you, you need we're, – we're not alone. One of the greatest things about the technology age right now is, you know, I'm connected with Brett on the other side of the world from me, and we're having a conversation in real time, yeah. and it is amazing. Guys, you are not alone. There is support. There are men who want to encourage you, support you, 
help you stay accountable because we all struggle. None of us are perfect. It's the reason the Fallible Man is here. And that's the reason that Brett has the Warrior Man podcast, right? So there is Absolutely, man. stuff out there. There is supportive material. There's encouraging material that has never been out there before. Guys, we're in an exciting time. Brett, thank you for being on the Fallible Man podcast and spending some time with us. Guys, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.